Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Lunas, it's the Third and Twenty Dynasty Podcast, Season Three, Episode Forty Eight. We are back. We almost have the full crew. We're waiting for Jake. He's got some te- technical difficulties, but we figured we'd just start with Adam. And we Luke. will have the full crew. We, <laughs> we will have the full. We crew. will just waiting for Jake. Um, so, as we wait for Jake, I'm going to skip this first one on our docket uh, and just move on to the tough news of the year. We finally have our first person going down due to injury. And that is Naheem Hines. And it wasn't even a football-related injury, although training camp has started. Uh, Naheem Hines was out on a jet ski. Um, someone apparently he was just sitting on his jet ski, and then someone else on a different jet ski like ran into him, um, forcing him to have surgery on, I believe, his knee, uh, definitely his leg. And he's already out for the season. So tough blow if you have Naheem Hines. Definitely unexpected. Um, but this does create opportunity in Buffalo. We just saw a trade go down in our home league where James Cook was traded for, I'd say, a pretty hefty price of a second, um, a mid to early second on with Sam Darnold and Jameis Winston for just James Cook straight up. So uh, it look like, looks like James Cook is starting to reap the benefits. I mean, Damian Harris is there as well. What are your guys' thoughts on this Buffalo backfield? I will say one thing. Naheem Hines last year after the addition, because they, they got a midseason, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, from the Colts. Um, a lot of his impact seemed to be more special teams and kind mm-hmm. of like just on and off scenarios, more of like a playmaker, a, a wild card than a consistent contributor in the offense. So I would kind of argue that his his stamp on the running back room wasn't major enough to where you should be making like major fluctuations in your rankings because of this news to anyone in Buffalo. I I can understand if you like James Cook, right? But I think that you should like James Cook before any of this instead of like, oh, well, now he's going to dominate, have to purchase him and overpay for him. Because if he's not good, he's not going to play. It doesn't matter if he has the receiving share, right? Because what's funny is that I'm projecting him to more to be kind of like a Naheem Hines, right? Because I'm not really a James Cook guy. I just think he's more of a pure receiving guy than what you want in, in like an Aaron Jones, where you can actually like you give him the ball 13, 12 plus touches on the ground and the receiving stuff. I don't think James Cook is really that dude consistently. I'm with you on that. It doesn't really change how I view the backfield at all. Um, I do think it's an interesting sell window if, like, there are people out there that do like James Cook now more because of it. Because I'm with you. Naheem Hines didn't really have a fantasy impact in terms of just, like, making plays on offense last season. They brought in Damian Harris, uh, who I think right now is the better runner than James Cook. So it seems like James Cook is going to just kind of be the receiving guy. Um, And based on that, I mean, personally, I prefer the second-round pick over James Cook, but if there are people higher on him now because of this, I would try to, like, reach out and see what I could get from him. Yeah, I think James Cook is toast. I mean... I don't think he's toast. I just, he, like... He's just not... If, he's if not he good. Second, like, I like he, trading for a second. He was a bad prospect coming out of college. He didn't really do a whole lot, even when they tried, and forced, they tried to force him the ball at Buffalo. Didn't work. Um, now he's heading into his second season, so you can make the argument, oh, okay, he's more comfortable, but truly, like, it's just, he's not a good prospect. 
it feels like a Michael Carter situation. I think Damian Harris is just a better runner. Like he's going to be on the field more and I'm not willing to bet on if, if I'm going to spend that kind of price on, on James cook, he better be on the field a lot more than what he's going to be. Cause I think he's just a, a fully entrenched committee back. Who's going to be in on third downs probably at this point. And it's, it's not going to be fun. Um, all right. We're still waiting for Jake. So I'm, I'm just going to move into this next topic though. Uh, Saquon Barkley did end up signing a deal. Uh, it wasn't that favorable for Saquon considering like he was getting franchise tag and everything. It was a one-year deal, $11 million plus incentives. At least he's, he's there. Like he signed the contract and everything. I think we all talked about a couple weeks ago, they don't really have a lot of leverage. Um, so kind of take what you can at this point and upset the whole running back croup. I was going to say, NFL. <laughs> yeah, Josh Jacobs is probably furious at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean dude, it, it, big ups for the fantasy owners, though, because this yeah. is massive. He just like yeah. he was just like, you know what, guys, I am about it. I just want to fucking play. F everyone. Let's is, ride. Is it, and everyone I, who has him just rejoice. Like, I will, say, I will say this, though. We're like, we know, obviously, he didn't want to sign a one year deal. Uh, just kind of like, yeah, I guess he didn't really have as much leverage to that point. It's good that you don't have to worry about like him sitting out week one uh, to start the season at least. But if this, if like say, I don't know, since it's only a one-year deal, kind of what happened with Lamar Jackson over the past few seasons where it's like if he gets an injury and he feels like in normal situations, if he had a long-year deal or a long-term deal, he would come back and play. But now he kind of takes his time with returning. I think that's the kind of the only concern. It's in the cards, but I'd say like say is, just like like a hamstring pull. It's like the week he would normally come back, he kind of just takes his time. I, I just think Saquon's like he is at the end of the day a competitor. If this team is competitive, it's look. I mean, if this team's in playoff, if this team's in playoff contention, and it looks like they're going to be, you know, battling for maybe a good wild card spot or even the division, which I doubt, but let's just say it, it'll be easier for him to come back, right? If this team's three and eight and whatever, and then he's got the hamstring injury, I think then you're going to see, he'll probably just take time off. Um, the team's not going to shut him down, obviously, because they only have him for that year. But I think Saquon would be the one to kind of refrain. Where Lamar is kind of... They were in... They were, but that injury isn't, it's not a joke injury. It wasn't like he was purposely, I don't think at least Lamar was purposely sitting out, even though he could have played. I think what, what really becomes interesting is the next season where if the Giants want to go with the tag again, this that's like a clear kind of dick move, you know, then I think Saquon really has, I mean, not technically speaking, he has leverage because realistically the Giants could tag him and be like, okay, well then don't play. But that is like such a stain on your organization to only sign him to a one-year deal and then the next and year the franchise franchise tag idea. him, right? Because what I'm thinking from Saquon's perspective and mainly just like from a money thing, this deal isn't going to be that bad if he if he goes plays really well again this year He's a free agent. He can stonk around to whoever else can give him a really juiced short-term deal. If he because he's Saquon, he could do this. Plays well again, gets another like if he stacks up those short-term juice deals in free agency, he actually could do really well for himself. He just needs to play at an elite level. 
Which of all people, I think Saquon is definitely right. But the, the problem yeah. is, is that Lunas or whoever said is right. He did really kneecap this for the other running backs because now yeah. a guy like oh, Jacobs, yeah. it's like, well, I can make and a Jonathan clear Taylor argument. Jacobs summer. is great, but sorry, you're not Saquon. You're just not. Like, yeah. sorry, buddy, you're just that tear down. That's why also Jonathan Taylor was like, I'm like, he, I forgot exactly what he tweeted out, but you could tell he was like, kind of annoyed, like, because he's due next summer he's gonna be in the same situation he's due <laughs> <laughs> he's due yeah that 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 is a problem and i don't think there's any way of them fixing it in the immediate future but there is only one yeah. way of fixing it and that comes with putting a ring on the finger <laughs> you these motherfuckers start winning super bowls and people are going to start changing their minds about these running back contracts yeah which i don't think is going to be happening anytime soon like, <laughs> there lies the rub <laughs> even uh if we look at Miles Sanders with Philly, he signed like a three or four year deal with six mil per. He was like top five in rushing this year. Eagles wouldn't match six mil per. And they got to the Super Bowl with him as their main guy. So it's, it's I don't know what like there is to fix it because people are always like, oh, we got to like try to change something for the running backs. I don't know what the fix is. Like, I don't, I don't anticipate this really changing. See, um, other Play news, though, position. with extension. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of different positions, we have Justin Herbert signed a five-year extension. I think it was something like 225 mil um, for the extension. Two. What do you say? 262? Two. Whatever that I'm is, that's saying. a steal yeah, for the Chargers. 262. Um, yeah. yeah. Here's the thing, though. I think the Chargers did it the right way. Like, they just got it out of the way. They didn't drag it out through the season. Um, got him locked up. They seem to have built... A good receiving core, good O line around him. His team looks like they should be competitive. Yeah, so, I don't know. I think they got a really favorable deal here. I think, they did. I think that Justin yeah. Herbert gave him a little bit of a like, yeah. yeah let's contend enough. a little bit. Nod. If you're the Chargers, you want to get that deal done before Burrow gets his extension. Because like we've well, seen this, we've seen this offseason. Jalen Hurts was the first QB to sign his extension. He got two fifty five. Lamar was second, two sixty, and now two sixty two with Herbert. Yeah, but but Burrow's could Justin Herbert could Justin Herbert seriously argue that he deserves more than Joe Burrow at this point? Because Joe Burrow mm -hmm. brought his team to the Super Bowl, you know, mm -hmm. like not more, but like say Joe Burrow got like I don't know two seventy five, two eighty. Then if yeah, at that point, yeah, but look at the circumstances that Herbert right. was playing with last year as well. Right? Oh, I agree, but it's it's going to be a tough sell to be like, he got two eighty, I deserve you know two eighty one or something. Like maybe well, not necessarily could try more, but if no, you're closer to two eight, like I completely disagree because either one of them, if they really want to, has the leverage because they're true, elite QBs. True. true. That's a fair point. QBs could kind of just do everything, anything in this league. I mean, we saw yeah. If if Sean. if one of them wanted to tomorrow force their way out, it might have to be like a scenario where someone's waiting a year or something. But you can basically do what you want as a QB. It's the only position in elite QB that can actually do that in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, like Lamar's been injured the past like two seasons, a lot of it, and was in that whole situation, and he still after her. Um, Jalen Hurts just had the year he had 255. They topped his contract I, right after. We don't have the, I mean, it literally just dropped before the episode uh, or before we started recording. Is it, full, it's not fully guaranteed, is it? No, it's not fully guaranteed. Um, it was like a hundred something guaranteed. Okay. Yeah, it's a good contract for the Chargers. Yeah. Um, 
deal includes 133.7 million fully guaranteed, 193.7 million with an injury guarantee, and jumping to potentially 218.7 million. Okay. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, it makes him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, fifty-two and a half million per year. So it just feels like a matter of time before Joe Burrow is pushing that number. Yeah, yeah um, he's yeah, that's he's going to be pushing. That. He's does make, the biggest bargain ever. Does make you wonder what that Bengals receiving core is going to look like soon? Because I don't know if they could afford both T and Jamar Chase for Joe Burrow. I, I think they can. It just it depends on how much you want to eat it in the future or take it yeah. out now. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think that guys like Mixon and Boyd will be gone um, where they're not going to get an extension with the team. I'm not a thousand percent sure just off the top of my head, their contracts. I know Mixon restructured his deal, but like I, I think eventually they're going to move off him and just draft some rookie running back. And then Boyd, I don't know what he's going to look for, but I think those are like the two easy cutoffs right then. And then Diggins, I guess we're going to see. We'll, we'll break down the AFC North later in this episode. Um, other news around the league we have coming out of the NFC West. Brock Purdy is apparently going to be healthy for the starter training camp. And I believe John Lynch was the one who said that he should be taking starter reps. I think Kyle Shanahan said that Brock Purdy will be throwing two out of every three days. Um, so we were talking about before, I think Frank, you mentioned this seems like a drastic change in news compared to what we were saying two weeks ago when we weren't sure when Brock Purdy would be back. Yeah, it's just crazy because I felt like it was like one or two episodes ago where we saw the pictures where he's in that mega cast and the reporters are saying that he's not going to be able to throw until November. And now he's going to be taking reps for day one at training camp, which is in like a week or two. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> no, I, I feel like all of us assumed he would miss like at least four games, maybe five. If not already started, I'm pretty sure there are teams having padded practices like today. So today was I the mean, first day for some teams. Yeah. Yeah, so like he's coming back now, right? Like that's what it sounds like to me. He's coming back now. Is that happening? Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, you're not wrong. But yeah, he's going to be the starter if he's back. Yeah. Which sucks for my Sam Darnold trades. There he is. Oh, hold on, let me get him in. Uh, what you were saying, yeah, because I was going to say the bigger news with this is more so how you view the other two quarterbacks now. Uh, well, let me know when Hankins in. Oh, yeah, he's now. in here. He's in here. What's up, Hankins? Hey, we we were just we saying, back, um, boys. We are back. Yeah, we were just saying the news today that the uh, Niners GM said Purdy would be ready to go for training camp. Yeah, and I mean, then I, now it's like, I know dude, you brought training up camp is like now. Training yeah. camp is literally so now. Like, <laughs> so now he also, like, I think, then came out and said the original plan was for him to practice one day, rest two days, practice one day, rest two days. So if he's back, I I don't know. I just think they're not putting him on the pup. Is is the answer? Yeah, the, that's cool. a big the, deal. The thing about this though, Dynasty Nerds tweeted out. So Dynasty Nerds, if you're not familiar. It's kind of crazy if you're not, because they're like the biggest and we're not. <laughs> but Dynasty Nerds <laughs> tweeted out, is Purdy worth the 2024 first round pick in Dynasty? And put out a poll. 37% said yeah, 63% said no. So people are still not saying Brock Purdy is worth a first for the most part. But there is that 37%, and I'm going to talk to your 37%. 
you might as well throw away your first round pick if you're gonna <laughs> bless you, Jake. You might as well throw away your first round pick if you're spending it on Brock Purdy. Bless you. Bless Brock Purdy is never worth a first. There's no time. Even if Brock Purdy is locked in starter for this team, he's not worth a first. Brock Purdy is not good. I, I'm going to bang my fist on the table saying it. Brock Purdy is not a good quarterback. The San Francisco team was just very good, so he they were able to win in spite of him, not because of him. They were almost able to win with like quarterbacks that are taking off the, the street playing the Eagles. They were almost able to win with Christian McCaffrey doing Wildcat. Like this is not a 49ers team that needs someone who's elite or, or someone who's a difference maker to, for that team to be good. And Brock Purdy is not. Jimmy Garoppolo was able to do it before. Jimmy Garoppolo is not good. Brock Purdy is not worth first. He's just not. Yeah, and kind of the Jimmy G was like like third in like quarterback rating. And like he still, it's like you can kind of tell uh, just this past season, like I think I forgot how many games he started, maybe like 10. Um, so with him, yeah, I wouldn't trade a first for him. I, don't, I mean, I don't think he's like trash. I just don't, I don't know what the Niners plan is going to eventually be at quarterback. And I think the biggest thing for me, at least, is like if you have Trey Lance, like he's just like holding, I think. Like, if I think if, about it, I just hold. If they have Trey, oh, you're talking about in Dynasty. Yeah, yeah in like, Dynasty, no, you 100% Dynasty. hold. In Dynasty, it's 100% a hold or buy if you can. In in real life, if the 49ers truly are going to go and roll out Brock Purdy, like just trade Trey Lance. Because having him just sit and waste years of his rookie contract like on your team, like you're not getting value out of it. So you might as well trade him. I don't know what you could get, but there are definitely teams out there who would want Trey Lance. I would imagine the Falcons, uh, the Commanders, maybe. Um, uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. There are teams that could definitely use Trey Lance. I mean, we saw Josh Rosen, who was significantly worse than Trey Lance, get traded yeah. for a second. <laughs> so uh, Trey Lance is going to end up starting at some point for an NFL team. And when he does, I'm not sure if he'll be good, but he's going to score you a lot of points because he can use his legs and he can throw. What are you trading for Trey Lance? Whatever market dictates. I'll pull up some uh, trades involving Trey Lance right now, actually. Um, Trey. I don't know what Lance. it is now. Is it, is it like a mid-second? So trades recently that have happened with Trey Lance, Matthew Stafford and Marvin Mims for Trey Lance, 100%. So that's like two seconds probably. Um, I'm trying to stick with ones that only have Trey Lance. Is that two uh, seconds? I, like I think so. Marvin Mims is like a well, Marvin Mims late second. Like... Marvin Mims. Oh, went, oh my God! No, second. I thought you said Denzel Mims. I'm not no, gonna, no. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, Trey Lance and Juwan Johnson for Keontae Ingram and a 2024 first. Um, so late first, early second. I would say that's about. Um, Trey. No, that one's not really. Well, that let good. me ask you guys a question huh. really quickly. Do you guys, would you trade a 2024 first for Trey Lance right now? We no. did it for Purdy. I would be much quicker to trade that, but I just don't think you have to at this point. Based on, on all the trades I'm seeing. At this point. I'll, I'll say this. I see 110 trade for Trey Lance straight up. I'd do that. And I don't know who you consider 110, but uh, i trade that for Dre, Zay Trey Zay Flowers or Ken I was going to say Zay Flowers is a good. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather Trey Lance than those guys. Um... I'm trying to scroll down here. Trey Lance in a second for Jordan Addison. I'd rather Trey Lance in the second. Um, 
Oh, here's one that is Trey Lance for 2024 first. It does look like he's still maintaining like a late first, early second value. But I, do I feel want, like you're just uh, I do like he was so highly picked, right? So and the Niners invested so much into trade up to go get him that there's always going to be people out there that are willing to give up that first round pick for him and say, "Sure, I just think they're they're going to come back to him at the end of the day." I just it's just one of those things where the more it drags on, the more unlikely it becomes, right? Now that if not the starter week one, right? It's going to take either the Niners being absolutely horrible and Purdy looking bad for him to get in. But if the Niners come out and they start the season, you know, seven and one, eight and one, whatever they start, as you said, they're a really good team. It doesn't matter what Purdy is doing. You're not going to bench a guy that's already led you to that point. So it doesn't matter. So the longer this drags on of him not being the starter, the less likely it is that he will eventually get that role back. And as unfortunate as it is, we've seen it in sports before where the one injury and then some guy steps in and that's it, right? We saw right. it with Tom Brady. And do I think Brock Purdy is Tom Brady? No. But I just do think that the Niners team as a whole might be good enough to support Brock Purdy and them to be – very good because he's not going to lose you football games. Well, they've we already, he's that. already got the locker room, right? Right. That's he's another big aspect of this is that he's got the locker room. He's got the team behind him. They fully thought they were going to win, you know, the, the NFC championship game if he didn't get hurt. So, like, it's one of the things where I don't think you can go into the season not naming Brock Purdy or Schurter if he's capable of playing. Right. And once that no. hap- once that happens again, now it's you're going to have to have the team play bad as a whole, and he's going to have to cost you games in order for him to get benched, which I just don't see happening because this Niners right. team is so good. The the one thing I disagree with you on though, and this is completely in regards to Trey Lance, is no matter what, you can look at any super top draft pick in history. They have all gotten significantly more games started than Trey Lance has. He is going to get more starts. It is guaranteed that he plays another down, barring something completely catastrophic, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so no matter what, but the thing, it could be with someone else because you're right. If Purdy comes in, he's right. He plays, it will be with someone else, but he could still be a starter. That's the thing that I, I still think he's worth a 2024 late first or like a random late first because of the fact that he is going to get another opportunity. It's guaranteed. He's going to get like probably another 10 or so starts like at quarterback with someone else or the Niners, one of the two, all the other ones have. Here's what I'll say. I guess it's like impossible to predict when real-time NFL trades are going to happen. If you wanted to acquire Trey Lance, are you sending out the offer now or are you like waiting till like week one comes, they announce Purdy the starter and then hope that the value is a little bit less by that. Like instead of like that, like late first, early second range, it's like definitively in the second round. I don't think the Niners want to trade him right now. That's the I don't issue. think so either, which is kind of why I lean like waiting. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If the, it's up to the Niners as to when he's going to be traded because JT, I think, Let's is see. right. There's plenty of teams that would love to get Trey Lance, especially if they have leverage, right? Like if they're getting Trey Lance for a pretty good deal, um, 
they would love to have a shot at a franchise quarterback. But yeah, this with, is this is one of those cases, this is one of those cases where you can try and time the market, but you don't want to be too late. Yeah, I was gonna know, of, the, sec- the second he gets traded to a team like Atlanta or Tampa, or whatever it may be, like it it jumps. Yeah, the because were you trying to time the like time Trey Lance's market? Yeah, yeah this is the market. This is the the bottom. No, no, no. I I do <laughs> no, think, I, think, I do think it's going to go lower as we get if, into. If they all keep Brock him on the roster and Purdy starting week one, it's going to yeah. be a little bit lower. Yeah, but uh, you want to know what's going to happen then? Then all of a sudden you're going to hear from Trey Lance's side. Oh, Trey Lance has requested a trade. Oh shit! Now look, look, look. Atlanta's in on him. Oh, Atlanta's in on him. Oh, this guy's quarterback just gonna is Trey Lance gonna get traded there? The lowest his price goes is early second, and we are damn near close to it. Yeah, I'd much rather be in on Trey Lance right now than than trying to wait. Like if you're a Trey Lance, I guess truther like myself, like. Now's the time to be in because you don't want to miss the train when it when it takes off. He's got, I think, the most upside out of anyone around his price level, like easily. Like he could push himself into a top 10 quarterback conversation very quickly if he does become the starter somewhere else. And you're not going to find that for that price anywhere else. That part's fair. All right, we got one other news and note. Um, this one kind of came out of nowhere, uh, but... Kadarius Tony was not practicing a couple days ago. Why are we laughing here? Because <laughs> the guy's a fucking joke. He can't stay on the field for more than two right, at a time. We'll get, we'll get into that in a second. Kadarius Tony wasn't on the field a couple days ago. Then out of nowhere, it turns out, oh, he might have had surgery in the offseason to repair something. Then it turns out today he had surgery to clean up some kind of knee issue or something. And Andy Reid said he's optimistic that Kadarius Tony will be ready for week one, which if you know Coach Speech, that probably means Kadarius Tony is not going to be ready for week one. Um, at least that's my takeaway. What do you guys think? Well, we know what Jake thinks already. I, I think that this there's a good chance that this Chiefs wide receiver room just fucking sucks. Oh, certainly. I think that's what we expect at this point, right? Like, like these it's dudes are like, some of these like, <laughs> I think I think between like Sky Moore, Tony playing and then maybe missing games, and then Rasheed Rice, he was the second round pick, but still like a rookie. You're gonna see they guys all were like, second round picks. <laughs> Except uh, Tony was a first. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just gonna be frustrating because it's it's gonna be like week by week. Like there are gonna be weeks where one of them goes off for like 21 and then the next week they score like 2.8 or 3.1 and then you look at the end of the season and it's like travis kelsey is like 1400 yards and then those three receivers each have like 600 to 700 like something like that i think at this point tony like even as someone like i was the highest on him coming out of job if you can't stay healthy like at this point like because it's like i believe in the sound but if he, he just he can't stay healthy and this is even with this injury, you can still get legit value for him. But if he's just going to be one of those guys that just is constantly injured, because even like the games he comes back and plays, it's like always oh, like still warming up back from his injury, and then it just happens again. Yeah, this is why when there are these like ambiguous groups, like this Chiefs wide receiver room, like I'll throw out the Bears running back room. Uh, those are the two that come off the top of my head, like real quick. You just buy the cheapest the one. Room. 
What's what do you what's with the Bears running back room? They have Roshan and Khalil Herbert. And Don Foreman. Don Foreman. Oh, okay. It's just an ambiguous Panthers wide receiver room. room. Yeah, Panthers wide receiver room. Because stuff like this happens all the time, and and you're not sure. Like someone like Kadarius Tony was priced in pretty high for what Kadarius Tony is, whereas, um, you know, Sky Moore, for example, wasn't. Justin Ross is almost free. Like Justin Ross is probably Justin Ross. I might take a shot on Justin Ross. (laughs) If Justin Ross wasn't able to like just be put on taxi last year, or you could have just stashed him on IR if you don't have taxis, I think Justin Ross would be available in a lot, a lot more leagues. Um, but he's not. But he's essentially free, right? Like Justin Ross doesn't really have a whole lot going. I don't know. For him he currently. got a hype post today that he's with the first team or whatever. So you may have to pay like a third oh. for him. Uh, third is kind of asking. That's where I get a little, a little more. I don't know. I don't know what the right word is there. I'm a little out on Justin Ross if it is a third. But, like, Rashi Rice, for example, I'm not paying that early to mid-second price. But if we start pushing him into the third, that looks better. Richie James is apparently getting hype as well. He's almost free, if not free. Um, I would take Richie James for free. Yeah. You could get in on this Chiefs wide receiver room pretty easily. And... We don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah, Lunas is, is probably right. You're just going to see uh, a bunch of 700-yard receivers. But, I mean, for the price of free, like, you might be able to build on that hype. Uh, you know, just stock your way up. Well, here's of- the other thing, though. What mm-hmm. if Valdez Scantling is just better than he was last year and he's he's the 900-yard guy? Instead of having, like, a 780-yard season, he comes out there, plays a little bit more, Puts up like 900 yards, a little bit more consistent. The problem with MVS I, I is the be, same I'd problem that Tony has: is he can't stay healthy either. Yeah, but he at so least like, like has produced and played. Yeah, but sure, but he also doesn't be, play more than 12 games a season. Like, if He's, any if any one of them's reaching that 900 mark, I would be absolutely shocked if it's not one of Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony. Mark Marcos Valdings. But MVS has had two top 10 quarterbacks all time, roughly throwing him the ball, and he's still not producing. Like, I'm not <laughs> yeah, going to true. expect that changing anytime soon. <laughs> right, like, MVS, we know who he is at this point. I don't expect him to get any better. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a little extra mean, but it's yeah, just... you're probably right about that. He's kind of booty. Yeah, I, he I'll just he just eats up little bits of production, man. He just like he's a little hog for your offense because he plays half the snaps a little bit more, soaks up a bunch of juicy targets, and then isn't consistent. Kind of like Gabe Davis. <laughs> he's the Chiefs' Gabe Davis. Uh, well, a little Chief. bit. <laughs> um. All right. That's that's our news and notes, though. We can move on to we're breaking down the AFC North, hence why I have my Bengals jersey. Frank's got his Steelers jersey. Um, figured this would be a good division for this week. Is this our halfway point? We did the South, NFC South, NFC North, AFC South, AFC North. Yes, yeah, so we're halfway to breaking down the divisions. Uh, we're less than two months away from real football. Um, All right. Can I hype? I have it on the screen. Don't cool. worry. Good, because I was running. Wait, do we want to so. go through some big hits and misses from last year? Oh yeah, let's look at last year. I don't want to. 
So you're just going to have to describe them to me. Okay, I'll, I'll describe them. So we did the AFC North on July 19th of last year. So basically a year ago today. Um, Lunas was the only one who said Lamar was overrated. He has taken a little bit of a dip from quarterback five. Um, so he hit there. Although you and Frank both said Tyler Huntley was underrated and he has gone down since. Um, he was this close to beating Burrow, man. <laughs> wild card round. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we all across the board were said it overrated on Joe Burrow, underrated on Deshaun Watson. I think it's kind yeah, that of was, that was hand cool. out a little bit. Uh, Deshaun Watson at this time was quarterback fourteen. I think he's quarterback eleven now. So oh, okay. Um, Burrow's the same price. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kenny Pickett, Frank, you're the only one who said he was underrated. He has moved up a little bit. He was quarterback 21 last year. I think when I was doing the sheet, he's quarterback like 18. Or I could just look at the screen. 17, quarterback 17. Um, not much else to add on the quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky, uh, we almost all said underrated except Lunas, and he's Yeah, it was a yikes. Yeah. Um, all right, going down to running backs, J.K. Dobbins, uh, kind of a mixed bag on underrated, overrated. He's running back uh, – 13 right now, or running back 13 a year ago. What is he now? 18, I believe. Oh, so he has gone down a decent amount. I'm um, actually surprised he's not down more considering things true. of last year. He just wasn't really great. I think Lamar's thing kind of helped his value. But, like, right now, if you have Dobbins, it's really not that big of an L. No. no I still no. like Dobbins a lot. Um, yeah, Joe Mixon, we all hit. Joe Mixon, we all hit on, said he was overrated at RB7. Nice. Um, let's see, going down. Samaj P. Ryan, we probably all missed on. I guess, true. Yeah. That one I'm not considering that much. It's not like most people were starting him. Um, no, but he's definitely way up from running back mm-hmm. 90. He was basically right. that That's a good hit. That is true. Well, no, we all missed. <laughs> um, well, yeah, if you, ha- if you yeah, got him. Yeah, if you had him. Nick Chubb was our, as running back 12, we all said was underrated. Um, yeah, I think that's that's fair. He's now running back seven. Um, <coughs> sorry, I just clicked off it for a second. Uh, Kareem Hunt, we all said was underrated. Oh, I said he was overrated, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, otherwise, not going to really touch on anything there. Um, Frank, you were the only one who said Najee was underrated at running back three. Yikes. I got like that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even remember he was underrated at running back three. Um, I said Mark Andrews was underrated at tight end two. You guys all said overrated. Um, I think he's tight end three now. Hayden Hurst, we all said was underrated. Ouch. At tight end 30. Although he might have had a little bit of a resurgence. Um, and Joku, I was the only one who said it was underrated, so I'm going to nice, pat myself JT. on the back there. Frank, you were the only one who said Frymuth was underrated at tight end seven. I'm not sure where he is now, but I think he's at thirty, almost 3,800 keep trade cut points. Where is he? Uh, where is he at now? I think he's a little bit up. Yeah, yeah. No, he's like right there. All right. Not a big change from... Uh, he's tight end eight at 3,700, yeah. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. He should be higher. Um, Lunas, you put a big fat overrated on Rashad Bateman at wide receiver 21. Oh, yeah. Um, and it looks like that hit. I was the one who said he was underrated. Uh, 
Jamar Chase is whatever. It's kind of tough with wide receiver two. Um, T. Higgins, I said, was overrated at wide receiver five. That feels good. You all said was he was underrated. What's T. Higgins now? He's definitely not wide receiver five. Yeah, no, he's not. But 50, he's like wide receiver nine, wide receiver eight. Probably somewhere there. Well, what is the, the keep trade cut points? 5,700. Oh, he actually went up in keep trade cut points, I believe. There you go. Despite going down in ranking. Um, all right. <laughs> um, Good receivers these uh, days. Otherwise, Amari Cooper, we all said, was underrated at wide receiver 37. Um, I think he. I stand by it. Yeah. David Bell, underrated at wide receiver 52 across the board. We all said that. Ouch. Deontay Johnson, we all said was underrated, except for Jake at wide receiver 17. So I think Jake was right there. That was there a pretty good one, hit. Jake. Yeah. I said George Pickens was overrated at wide receiver 39. Everyone else said under, so they hit. And then on the flip side, I just had a tough oh. time with the Steelers wide receivers. I said Chase Claypool was underrated at wide receiver 44, along with Lunas and Jake. Frank said he was overrated and would be right. So, yeah, that is our uh recap of last year now we're into this year uh okay let's run kicking it. off with lamar at quarterback seven i'm just a smash underrated on lamar he should be top five yeah yeah on the flip side i'm still gonna hate on tyler huntley yeah same. uh joe burrow i think he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in the nfl but in terms of fantasy production i don't think where he's ranked is worth it so i'm gonna throw the o on him deshaun watson I'm everyone's gonna... underrated frank mm-hmm. this is this, this is okay, underrated so qb division i don't think lamar is gonna get higher than qb7 but i think his like value is gonna go up so that's why i'm saying underrated i think uh, this is a very mixed bag of overrated underrated as you can see from mine Am I alone thinking Kenny Pickett is underrated, uh, overrated at quarterback 17? No. Yeah. Okay. Shout out Lunas. Thank you, Lunas. <laughs> um, Kenny Pickett's like, weird because I, I think he's yeah. worth the risk. The thing with me is that like he's quarterback 17, but he's only at like 4,100, right? Keep trading. Uh, yeah, that's the thing where, with, like, the points where it's just like ranking. he's very – like, just look at the difference between him and Deshaun Watson, who are six QBs apart. One's at 5,800, one's at basically 42. That's right. So, like, there's a large discrepancy between there. And I just do think Kenny Pickett takes a step forward here um, in this offense. He's not, just... he's not coming close to Deshaun Watson levels. Though. No, but he doesn't have to to be worth more than 4,100, 4,200. I mean, he's got to be, like, Tua, right? To to get like a decent increase. I just don't, I don't know because he dude he runs a decent amount. Like he can give you a a, a low key rushing floor similar to that of a Tannehill potentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as crazy like in the red zone, but he he likes to be on the move, and it really depends on if he can make strides from being a pure passer in the pocket, right? I mean, Tua, just for reference, is up at 5,500. So he's well ahead of. But, but Kenny Tua, Tua is what, though? He's quarterback. 14. Yeah. He so. is well far ahead. I just think the gap here. 
is so large. I just think no you're reason. gonna. I think Kenny Pickett's in that zone where as new quarterbacks come in, they're just going to supplant him. Like he's not going to establish himself as like a a top guy. So yeah. So maybe. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's closing the gap to two. The thing is, honest. I don't think he needs to do that, JT. I think he, but for Kenny Pickett to succeed, he needs to be more of like a Derek Carr, where he can be a guy that eclipses four thousand passing yards, right? If yeah. he can, if he can be one of those kinds of quarterbacks, and he doesn't need to do that this season, he can go out there and be consistent put up a respectable year so that he's still the starter, make a lot of improvements, be around the playoffs. And I, that's, I, that's why I think it's just worth the risk is that I believe in the Steelers, the, the offensive talent, the organization to, to get Kenny at least over the hump to where he goes up next year. So, so this year, Kenny Pickett played in 13 games, had 2,400 yards, seven touchdowns, nine interceptions did have, 237 yards running with three touchdowns. So let's say next year, like this upcoming year, if he had a season like where he put up a little under 4,000 yards, threw for like 20, 25 touchdowns somewhere around there, and then like half that many interceptions, do you think he goes up a decent amount? How many yards? Like a little under 4,000. Yeah, if it's like thirty eight hundred, that was Mac Jones's rookie season. Exactly. If he has a Mac Jones rookie season, he Uh, would go up in value. He's going up. Mac Jones is like, dude. Mac Jones went up a a good amount after his rookie year. After his rookie season, sure. Yeah, but then he just yeah, then he stunk it up. It's because of last year, not his rookie year, that Mac Mac Jones is not. Mac Jones last year wasn't bad. He was just got hurt, and then Bailey Zapp came in and. Everyone believed in Bailey Zapp, and then no, Mac Jones was not bad. It was the offense that was bad. Sure. When you're running, uh, when you're running draws on on third and long and everything, every I think time, he'll be better. This just, year. I think he'll be better. It's run on it, the the Patriots plays where run on first down, gain three yards, long pass incomplete, draw or screen on third and long, punt. That was just how it went with Matt Patricia. It's going to be different this year, I think. And that's well, that's what happens when you run out a defensive coordinator as your offensive. Yeah, I mean, so. fair. Yeah. Terrible idea. I I was never going to defend that idea. Terrible idea. I just, I'm like, maybe Kenny Pickett goes up if he has that season. I'm just not even sure he's going to have that season, though. Sorry. Kind of coming off as Kenny Pickett. No, I think that's fair. Um, I, I, the reason I like Pickett is because, A, I, I just think he played a lot better than I was expecting in towards the end of last year. And B, I really like his throwing on the run off platform. And this is kind of one of the reasons why I like Justin Fields now is because I feel like in the NFL, when you show that playmaking ability, I'd rather you do that and I have to hone in the mistakes rather than you're just like, uh, oh, yeah, I do it by the book, but you don't have any really great ability that separates yourself. So I'd rather bet on those types of players, especially at this price. This is not even a first-round pick valuation. That's true. No, it's it's not. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still not. He's in that mix and paradox. Though. Yeah. To, to yeah. pick him up, you probably have to give a first. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's the only real controversial one of this group. Otherwise, 
I think we can move down to running back. The thing is, though, JT, Mm -hmm. is that it is a really risky investment because it's one that could easily blow up in your face. If he goes out there, shits the bed, similar to Mac Jones, he all of a sudden halves his value. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. If not more. The last thing with the QBs, I'm I'm the only person who's overrated on Watson. You just think he's cooked? I don't think he's cooked. Um, I just think there are like a ton of young guys and not some guys who aren't young that are going to surpass him in value. Um, right now he's around, let's look. So right now he's around Bryce Young, CJ, uh, he's right behind Bryce Young. He's ahead of Stroud, Kyler, Dak, Tua, and a 2025 early first. I think there are a few of those quarterbacks such assets that you might see be valued higher. Like, I think he's going to be, like, somewhere in, like, that, like, QB 15, 16 range. I'm not saying he's going to be, like, like Russell Wilson level. But... Hey, hey, hey. Simmer on the Russ hate. No Here, here's where I'm going to disagree with you on Deshaun Watson. Just going to start off with saying he's a bad person. But if, if we decide to ignore that for fantasy purposes, 2017, he only played seven games, right? After that, 2018, 19, 20, he played the 16 or 15 games. He was quarterback five every single time. Yep. Then he had the whole controversy with Houston and everything and then came back near the end of the season with Cleveland and and had a stretch of games where he wasn't good. I'm just going to bet on that three-year stretch where he was a top five quarterback each year and just assume that's, that's the actual Deshaun that we're getting. I'm not going to think he's this whatever we saw at the end of last year kind of player. I think he's going to put it back together. Um, and I don't think it's going to be as bad, but I think it'll be better, but not going to – and, like, I don't know. There are guys I like in that range more, and it's like if you could trade him, like, say, the 2025 draft came for, like, a top three pick, which he's ahead of, um, I don't know. I mean, that's just I, – I don't mind being – if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to be, like, trash. After this year. I, don't I think, think after this – But, like, after I think – this year, he's going to be a top ten fantasy asset. Like, oh, almost definitely. Crazy. Is it Who's crazy? Because he's, like, 15 right now. Deshaun Watson. I don't think What's he's top 10, play? but I do think he's just at that turn, that first, second-round turn. I think right now he's currently behind A.J. Brown, Anthony Richardson, C.D. Lamb, Bijan, Justin Fields are the ones above him to get to top 10. I think he, other than Bijan, who could be, like, there are guys that like pushing for elite, I think he jumps all of those. Then the other ones above him are Trevor Lawrence, Lamar, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Justin Herbert. Those ones I think are, are might Mahomes, be Mahomes, Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, obviously like, those he, guys. You just I have just an think... army of na- like that's basically the top ten right now. It's just nasty, nasty. Yeah, I think he puts himself in that conversation. It's just he just has to do what he did two years ago, or I guess three years ago at this point. Okay, let's get on to these running backs. What do we think of J.K. Dobbins here? Because he's a a guy that I think a lot of us have liked on the pod before. I know a lot of people like him out of Ohio State. Has shown the talent. He's just had that injury that he never feel like I he fully recovered. He kind of did. But that Ravens offense is just a little weird. But now he's not even at a first-round pick value. He's a little bit in that mix and paradox because I doubt you get him for an early second right now. But once again, another player that if you shell out of your 24 first, you can basically have him. Yeah, and that's the thing. At this point, 
we're like one injury away from J.K. Dobbins being worth next to nothing. He's just he's good when he's healthy. He's not healthy a whole lot. He's not exactly what I wanted out of J.K. Dobbins too. I thought he was going to boost his re, uh, receptions per game, but he didn't really do that. Um, so I don't know with with the way that this uh, Ravens team is moving and how they're investing into that wide receiver position. Um, I'm going to assume they're going to pass the ball more, which I mean could be better if they're able to move it down the field more and get into like touchdown scoring areas. But That's Gus Edwards also exists. Um, Gus Edwards does see playing time when he's healthy. So I don't know. You're kind of just betting on a lot of touchdowns from J.K. Dobbins, I think, and I'm not going to. Yes, and also I'm going to give him some benefit of the doubt in terms of just like that was his first year back. And we see a lot of times with guys that suffer uh, those major knee injuries, it takes them like a full season to kind of get back into form. That's true. Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll give him that benefit of the doubt. But if he doesn't have a good year this year, then it's like I agree with you guys. His value is going to plummet. The, the one thing I'll say about J.K. Dobbins is that it, it feels like he might be one of the only really fairly priced young running backs in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. I think all the other 24-year-old and below running backs are – there's just that little bit of a premium on them right now because they're halfway decent or could become halfway decent that you just never really want to pay. Yeah. And Jake, yeah, what do you I say? Def- I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I've just been look. I've been personally looking to try to purchase a running back um, in a few different leagues. And like, you just go down the list and you're like, I don't want to buy Kamara. I don't want to buy Eckler. I don't want to buy Jacobs and Saquon with this holdout, even though Saquon signed, there's just like red flags all the way around. And like, obviously there's red flags around Dobbins, but he's the cheapest where you go. He's a starting running back under the age of 25 and he's the cheapest. So I've definitely thrown some offers out there, but I don't even think you can get him at this forty seventy five price, whatever it is. Um, yeah, you'd have to right. pay a little bit more. You have to pay the premium, there. and a lot of guys I think are very reluctant to 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 trade him because they probably drafted him three years ago, saw a good rookie season, and now missed a season and a bad comeback season, and they're like, let's go back to that rookie season where we. We thought we got, you know, a top top running back and stuff, and they don't want to give them up at this price, so they're making you pay up. And I just think that's the issue here is that it's going to cost way more than that forty seventy five listed there. And just well, because you could get you could do a Christian Kirk kind of move. This is what I sold Christian Kirk for a bunch um, in this offseason, and it's the classic when you have a guy in this tier on keep trade cut, which exists from about like 3900 maybe a little bit more to like 4300 that right around a late first value that you cannot always get it um or or like when you're buying it you know you don't want to fully give that first you feel like you're getting gypped this is probably a, a classic this is a classic scenario right you don't want to full give on the full 24 first for jk dobbins but you just get the third back you just do Dobbins in a third for your first, get that third back. And then if you wanted to make another move, go full on contention mode, give up that third and another third and pick up Damian Harris. And now you've just picked up what I think could be a viable running back room for a first and a third. 
I'm actually kind of with you on that. How, how do we like them apples, huh? What, what do we think about that? Not a huge Damien Harris guy, but but I like the idea. Two thirds for Damien Harris. We don't like that move. Not really. I like it. I like that move. Um, and I also just like Dobbins. Am I the only one who says overrated for Nick Chubb? Yeah. Um, I was close. The thing about I, Nick I want Chubb, you guys. Though, is... I want you guys. Just like, I know he's going to have a good season. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. I know he's going to have too. a good season. The area in value where he's around, where he's still ahead of a 2025 early first. He's still ahead of um, guys like Dak Prescott, Josh Jacobs, Kenneth Walker. He's still ahead of ETN. Um, Mm -hmm. And he is 27, sleeper has him 27.6 years old. I think it's one of those things where it's just like, like the value on running backs once like so he's going to be 28 after this season even if he has a great year the value just cuz of the age is going to go down i'm like, never I, selling him <laughs> i might i might be one of his biggest haters or have been in the past but this price there's a lot of things going nick chubb's way right like like he's only running back 7 in a weird running back market where there's no but i'm not i'm not even just guys. Looking at the running back yeah but but listen right ready nick chubb this might be the best offense he's ever been on with Deshaun Watson coming back. And I expect him to be back in, in prime form. This team with Amari Cooper and um, Elijah Moore as wide receivers, that's pretty solid. But the big thing also is Kareem Hunt's not there. So if we're giving full workload, uh, Nick Chubb with the best offense that we've seen, he could be in position to be running back one on the year. Now, do I think he's going to be running back? One of the year, no, but like he does have a decent chance. Like he, if he's healthy, he's going to be pushing for that running back. I, I, I one think, over. I think. He's I mean, listen in in redraft, him and McCaffrey are the consensus top two picks. If we're gonna, be yeah, honest, I, I just so. think I just think it's always McCaffrey. Like if McCaffrey is healthy, it's just always McCaffrey, right? Yeah. But Nick Chubb does have that potential to be there, and like a Derrick Henry where he's older, but still putting up a bunch of points. I think that's Nick Chubb, like Nick Chubb. Yeah. But Derrick Henry though, like from those seasons where he's still like leading the NFL and rushing just those year olders, he would go down in value. You've seen it with a lot of running backs. Yeah. But, but like McCaffrey is kind of an exception just because yeah, but we, we talked about this. We, we talked about this with Mike Evans where it's like, so I'll give you an example, right? And you tell me what was worth it. I traded Mike Evans away for like a first and a third or like a Mike Evans and a third for a first and a second. Actually, I think it was right. Yeah. Um, before last season, that's a good value move, right? Value wise. Yeah. I'm, I'm on top. I lost the championship and I think I would have won if I had Mike Evans. Listen, I understand. I understand wanting to hold him. If, if you, if you're trying to like go all in, I understand. Well, it's worth it. Cool. I've got my first and third. Like, <laughs> like let's, if you're like, if you think you're like a top two team, sure. I, I'm looking at his value and if I think it's going to be higher or lower next year. That's all I'm looking at. I'm not looking at specific team situation about like if your team's a contender, if your team's a meddling team. I'm just saying when I look at his value, it's going to be the flaw with this segment. There's no, there's no, because like, yeah, I, I, the thing is, is I, I agree with you. Like if that's the only point in the segment that I'd put an O next to Chubb, but I'm never going to do that. Well, so. that's the thing. Like it's, it's more so if like, do you think his value is going to go up or down? If That's why it's a rate. top three running back season, then the U was a good choice at RB7 price. 
And it's not even like, oh, RB7, like that's high in the draft. He's like the fifth round of a no, startup. It's not. I mean, no, it's not. But I'm just saying that that's the only point I'm trying to make. Because we've seen like older running backs like Derrick Henry. Um, if you Jones, traded for Derrick Henry three years ago or two years ago when the decline, oh, it was the decline. Like that was a great move, even yeah, with the injuries. Sure, but like again, I'm just looking at that, like these guys still put up RB1 seasons and they're worth less every single year after. It's cheaper to acquire them the summer after. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, and D Hop is worth half of what he was a couple years ago. Like, yeah. By that rate, any running back over the age of 24, you just say is overrated. Well, when guys are like up in that range, unless you're like, like a huge receiving threat, I'm going to assume that you'll probably go down. But, but here, here's one of my arguments, someone, though. Not, someone who's like turning 28 next year, yeah. Not for a second. I'd do two-thirds. Not for a second, Parker. Um, he's talking about Damian Harris. Damian Harris for a second. We doing that? No. no. no sure I, I'd want to do that two-thirds. No. I've seen people do that two-thirds in leagues. I think that's a fair price, all things considered. A second's a little tough. I'd want to get something back or like maybe add on something else in the trade a second feels pretty expensive um crap i forgot what i was gonna say something with nick chubb yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. here's my point here's my last point because i can understand from a value perspective right oh i want etn but i don't think there's a very good like a, a guaranteed chance that etn gives you like three the next three seasons rb1 numbers where i feel like nick chubb similar to derrick henry is just gonna still be cooking for the next two to three seasons at rb1 level numbers and in that third year is the only real questionable one barring catastrophic injury where he's not putting up rb1 numbers and says he's put up rb2 numbers i mean that's again i get it i'm just i'm still sticking with it i i that's just I feel I like it because I see this every single year with running backs who are start reaching that 28, 29 age range. But I think it'll be good this season. Draft him early and redraft. Well, it sounds like he's going two and redraft. Um oh, I wouldn't take him at two. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. I understand CMC. Uh, I'm taking guys like like Yeah, it's, he especially if you're pass. if you're in like a PPR or half PPR league, I'm yeah. taking Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, like easy over him. Yeah. Uh, last thing, it seems like we're across the board, overrated on Najee Harris, how the mighty have fallen. Um, I still like him, just over 47 yeah. years. I think that's just a fair price for him. Yeah, I'm with you, generally. If I just leave my way, I don't think he's going to go much higher. It's just, an ugly, it's just an ugly price, though, because it feels bad. This is kind of easy, I feel like, <laughs> for the tight end room as I'm looking around. I don't around. think we're going to disagree much on a lot of these. I, dude, I like these except, tight ends. Except maybe Irv Smith. Uh, nope. Isaiah Likely <laughs> is a little expensive. It's a waste load. Yeah, if uh, that. I kind of like him, though. I, I like him. I still like him. Fire is a weird one because tight end eight feels high but like what he's keep trade cut ring 
Feels low. The problem is he's probably the third or fourth target on that team. And it's Kenny Pickett. Fryermuth? Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I, that's the thing is that when you go through the depth chart game, you convince yourself of that until you realize that if you need to throw the ball to someone on this offense on like a third and seven, Fryermuth might be the best option. Or like Pickens. in the red zone. How Deontay has fallen. Well, fourth, third, and seven, not so much the rest. Yeah, but the thing is, is that Deontay, for whatever reason, he's he's gotten better, but he still just has these lapses where he just does weird shit. But yeah, Deontay's the most talented. I don't know, dude, this this offense is just so fucking good. We're about to win the Super Bowl. It's going to be sick. (laughs) And Danny Dimes is going to have 50 touchdowns, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if he's throwing 50 pick sixes, maybe. Hey, 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 hey. I don't think he threw one last year. Probably yeah, so not. he's due. Yeah, he's due. <laughs> yeah, he's due. <laughs> don't tell um, us about he's due. Oh, I gotta go to the tight end. Uh, Alright, we're kinda we're kinda uh, as you scroll down, we're kind of we're kind of almost all in agreement. Yeah, right. I mean I think around. Drew Sample could be a low key little guy. Don't do this. No, Stop. honestly, I don't. I, I think he may have had an injury or something, which is a little bit whack. You may want to check up on that before picking him up. But I do think that Drew Sample is being priced as a guy that has basically no shot of ever sniffing the field. And meanwhile, if it's him against Irv Smith in a competition for the tight end room, you're telling me that you're going to put a lot of money on Irv Smith to win a tight end room? This is the same thing you've done every other year, and he hasn't done it. Like, Drew Sample, for that price, tight end 75, is easily the cheapest starting tight end that you could ever buy. Well, yeah. he's not um, starting. So. He was reportedly cleared from an ACL injury. And he's coming I off think the he's ACL, yeah. Listen, he's at 260. He just did <laughs> a roster you're, spot. You're, yeah, you're just saying he's worth a roster spot. I'm just not sure. I'd be much more. I, that, no, that's why I disagree. Yeah, I, I like school. Wouldn't go and pick him up, but you can. <laughs> oh, I wonder um, what his percentage of availability on sleeper is. Jake, you're still in on Harrison Bryant. Yeah, he kind of. I I like him. I just uh, I think he's free. Similar reasoning to Drew Sample. I just think he's free and worth a roster spot. So, like, sure. Drew Sample is available in 90% of leagues. 97% of leagues, sorry. Harrison Bryant, I'm trying to pull up. Harrison Bryant is available these days. He is available in... God, it's hard to pull him up. He's available in 80% of leagues. So, he's... There's only a couple hundred keep trade cut difference, but... Uh, availability is a lot different. Um, yeah, all right. Tight ends. I think that's enough tight end talk. Wide receivers. The Ravens room is interesting. Okay. Let's do this. See, to start off the jump, like, I think Zay Flowers' price is fair. You yeah, think, you think James Robinson is droppable? 
Probably. Yeah. Hmm. Are you doing that right now? <laughs> uh, Charlie Jones is a weird one. Okay, so Cedric Tillman's another weird one. Quick question for you guys. Would you guys rather have Dak Prescott and Derek Henry or Bryce Young in the 2025 late second? What, what was the question? Dak Prescott oh, and Derek so Henry. Just straight up in vacuum, Dak and Derrick Henry or Bryce Young in the late second, twenty twenty five. Bryce Young. I think I want the Dak, Dak and side. Henry. I think I lean Dak. I'm I'm still high on Dak in Dynasty. Dak and Henry. All right. So yeah, I just sorry sorry for that. I just went through the um, what's it called? The list getting all my guys in here. I am surprised that we are split on Zay Flowers on overrated. I will say, I feel like his keep trade cut price is a little bit higher than a startup price, but this dude seems cheap as shit to me. So I do I mean, think the price is relatively fair. This was one of those where if I had to just pick one way or another, because um, I think where he's at is fair value, um, which is around, if we look at the receivers and draft pick, uh, actually, wait. So Zay Flowers is around. Um, he's really wide receiver 27, but it's like close between him and 28. Uh, wait, I just had it. I I think the problem with Zay Flowers is he kind of priced around where you're expecting him to have a decently productive rookie season. And I think you're going to see a rookie season, I'd say, a little better than Sky Moore. Sky more barely. I think, uh, I, think I think you'll see like a trail on kind of rookie season, um, where he's got some good games here and there, but he's not going to be. Like, w would you guys rather have a twenty twenty five mid first or Zay Flowers? I think I'd reroll in twenty five. I mean, a mid first. If you're guaranteeing that it is pick five to eight, then I think I'm taking pick five to eight. I, I take the gamble. If if this is a team that's like, oh, maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they don't. Like I take the gamble and go with the first. That's, so pretty much he's at forty two twenty four. That mid first is at forty two twenty five. And then Zay Flowers, the guys like right behind him, which are like within twenty points of value. Yeah, Pickens, uh Jameson, Traylon Burks. Um uh twenty twenty four late first is behind him. Yeah, see, the thing is, is that that's the difference, is that all those dudes are similarly priced, but if you look at Bulletproof startup data, he is going behind every single behind one those. of those, including yeah. all the guys. Other than, I think, Deontay, like, Godwin's going ahead of him, like, Ayuk, oh. Hollywood, this dude, that dude. Like, yeah, the, he's in the same tier as those dudes, but he happens to be, and I've so, seen this personally, and that's how I've landed up with so many zay flowers this offseason i expect to have zero of him um 
<laughs> he was just the last guy. And I was like, okay, I'll pick him up here. Easy. And again, I, I, I do like him. I think he's going to be productive. I think that wide receiver one spot is up for grabs, which, I mean, whoever's the wide receiver one is still going to be behind Mark Andrews. Uh, I I think it's generally fair price. I just, if I had to pick one, I'd go over it. Because I, I could see, I could see all those like kind of guys or assets in terms of like that 2025 first or 2024 late first exceeding him in value by the end of the season. The thing is like, he just doesn't, the, the only thing that would like, he would have to have a bad rookie season to go down from here. I don't first think so. round, I don't first think round so. draft capital, a highly rated prospect. Everyone expected him to go in the first round. Goes to the Ravens. He would have to have a bad rookie season, right? Oh, he would have to, yeah. Because if JT, because JT's right, like if he has a trail on level season, or Jake is oh, right, it is a trail. He'd give you the same price, correct? So he would have to put up a Sky more level bad season. To which to I don't really know if fall. it's like really. I don't know if it's really out of the question that he does that. I just think like. Rashad Bateman, so I would say, was a better. I, I'd say Rashad Bateman was a better prospect. Obviously, he no. didn't have that groin injury right away. What do you mean, no? He just wasn't. Rashad Bateman was a better prospect. Rashad Bateman was a better mm. prospect coming out than Zay Flowers. No, he was not. Rashad Bateman was pick number 27 in a draft class that had Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, like Jalen Waddle. He was pick 27. Zay Flowers was like a similar pick, and it was just like the string of four wide receivers picked right together. Rashad Bateman came out as a junior. Zay Flowers was a senior. Rashad Bateman was more productive when he was at Minnesota. Zay Flowers wasn't. Like, there's just everything is in favor of Rashad Bateman in terms of prospect level. And then he had the groin injury and didn't the film. And I liked Bateman too. Well, also, Zay, 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 you Zay can Flowers make the argument was, of draft class difference, but he was a higher pick. They're both in the same-ish range. They're, they're at, like, a negligible – it wasn't right. Zay Flowers, like, 23 yeah. to 24. Like, that's no different, if you ask me. But I, I just um, – I, I like Zay Flowers' his investment right now. He, he, I think he's cheaper than this wide receiver 28 price. He's been going 111 in a ton of drafts I've seen. I think that's a fantastic pick to pick him up at. And I, the reason I disagree with JT, I think that Zay Flowers can come in here and produce a little bit earlier than expected. And B, I feel like we skip forward a year from now, and this situation looks extremely favorable for Zay Flowers to get a bunch of targets, right? Like, yeah, Mark Andrews is there, but there is A, plenty of room, and B, Mark Andrews, I, I think he had like 113 targets last year. Granted, I think he missed a couple games, but like, there's plenty of room for Zay Flowers to eat with Mark Andrews, right? And I would make the argument if the offense is a top ten offense in the league, like you can have three people eat in your receiver room. So, yeah, maybe. Um, I'm not sure what the the Ravens receiver room is going to look like next year. Um, I don't think there's. I don't think next it's year's gonna big year. For, it's going to be very similar to the Chiefs, right? Where you have a bunch of dudes that you don't know, and you have a star tight end. This tight end's going to eat as usual, and then the receivers are going to be one game hot, one game cold, one game hot, one game cold. That's what. That's just what's going to happen. At the end of the day, who do I think ends up leading this team in targets? It's Zay Flowers. I just don't. I just think he's that good, to be honest. I've been the Zay Flowers guy. I stand by him, even though he's on the Ravens. I just think he's better than 
any receiver on this team right now. Odell in his prime was better, but you're talking about an Odell post injury that's 30. Yeah. You know, you're ta- not talking about the same guy. So, like, at this point, I think Zay Flowers is the best receiver on this team. I see we so all have think- a U next to Odell. I agree with that because this is a dude that could easily be the best receiver on this team right now, priced at a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing else we really have to talk about there. Uh, Jamar Chase is easy. T. Higgins, we're kind of split on. I guess we'll talk about T. Higgins. I think that's probably next. T. is just one of these guys that is consistently going to be ranked right at the bottom of this wide receiver one range in in, in dynasty. And it's just because he's stuck there, right? If he goes to another team and he truly gets that monster target share that everyone wants him to have, he would jump up to a top five wide receiver, I think, pretty easily. I think he's talented enough. I just think this, the situation is just what it is. And I don't think it's a bad situation either. I just think because he's obviously catching passes from Joe Burrow. All the defense is going to concentrate on Jamar Chase. It's a great situation. Um, but he's just going to be stuck there because people are going to continually say he's limited by Chase. So at the end of the day, I just think he's priced. His price went up from last year despite, you know, lowering in receiver rankings, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think that's just what it is with him. He's just one. There's a lot of good receivers right now, a lot of good young receivers right now. Thing, yeah. and I think, I think, I think he's one of them. So I, I, overall, I just think he's underrated because I think he's better than that wide receiver 11 number. Um, and his price is just going to continue to go up for at least the next two years to me. Yeah, I think with this year and last year, it's just like we saw a ton of young receivers, like either in their first and second year, kind of go crazy between uh, Amra, Garrett Wilson, Olave, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, where he was kind of like on the lower end of that list. I still like him. I think it's a, I think it's a fair price. I just had to pick one. Yeah, I think um, it's fair. We all had an O, except for Jake, all had an O on Tyler Boyd. Yeah. I'm kind Girl, of- I love Tyler Boyd. I don't care what you say. He is the perfect flex play wide receiver every single, be- every single season. He puts up that wide receiver 35, that wide receiver 38. He is that perfect... I'm going to slide under the radar because I have two star receivers ahead of me, but I'm good in my own right guy. And I know he's getting up there in age, but I think that just is going to make him more of a buy just because his price will continue to go down and he's still good. And I, yeah. I, I sure this time next year, is he going to be better than this wide receiver 69 number? Probably not. And if that's the only thing we're basing it on, sure, it would be an O. But that, I just think the value you're going to get out of Tyler Boyd is more than that price. That's my thing, too, where – so it's kind of like how we were talking about Nick Chubb, but with Tyler Boyd, I just don't think you're getting enough for it to be worth it to say it. Like, I think Tyler Boyd, like, oh, he might be fringe wide receiver three, kind of probably in, like, wide receiver four numbers. And, like, it'll be good value. Like, you'll be able to start him. He'll be a nice flex play at times. But it's just <clears> – <throat> I don't know. It's not that appealing. And then, yeah, he's going to be another year No, it, it's there. not – It's it's not appealing. And that's why it's mm-hmm. it's a good value to me because he's so unappealing to people because they're like – Oh, he's the third receiver. Yeah, on but I team, just blah blah blah. We, I'd much rather I'd much rather spend that on OBJ, who's cheaper, 
um, and could put up a, a top. I mean, OBJ's ceiling is higher for sure, but his floor is also bottom. I, yeah, I think sure, his floor the determining bottom, factor that you need to make with Tyler Boyd is how good do you think he is after this year and kind of in the future, right? Because if you're thinking that you're going to get a level of almost resurgence because he's going to go to a team where he can get more targets consistently, right? He's not the third option. Maybe he's more of like a second option kind of guy. Then I think this is hundred percent an underrated and like by far, but if not, and this is why I've decided on an O I actually agree with JT where I feel like this season Tyler Boyd is honestly just at the top of like the Zay Jones tier of guys real realistically, right? Yeah. Like without injuries, he's just a glorified 800 yard dude. And you might as well get a cheaper version of that in an OBJ or a Zay Jones or a this or a that. The thing is, I, I just think don't Tyler think Boyd's the, at the top I think of that the tier. Price is, the price is the same between those guys. We're all talking about a third round pick here. I don't think like, you're getting. I, I don't think you're getting Tyler Boyd for a third. I think you need to show up the late second to get him off, off whoever has him. Because I think it's almost priced in that a lot of the people that have Tyler Boyd think he's going to be relevant in the future, not just this year. He's going to be a wide receiver two for, or like a flex play, not wide receiver two for multiple years into the future. Um, let's get into the Browns, though. Unless you, do you guys like? No, we all in O over Charlie Jones. Rip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just he, he needs things. It's too much contingent upside for me to. So like, Amari Cooper, all use. <laughs> I think everyone, every dynasty player in existence, would put a U next to Amari Cooper if they could. More interestingly, Elijah Moore. We also all have used Nexter. There's there's no Elijah Moore's cooked. Elijah Moore sucks out of any of us. I just think Deshaun's that good. <laughs> He's getting a lot of hype in these Browns. Yeah. Greg uh, Newsom hyped him up. I think he's going to have his breakout. I'm not saying he's going to go crazy, but I think he's going to have a good year. And he's still, what is it? He's 23. Like, but Dude, the thing, the thing that really got me back into him, which... I, I mean, you know, you look at the at some of the games he played. He obviously had good numbers his rookie year, but it was a little bit wishy-washy with some of the mistakes he would make. But, dude, his fucking college numbers were insane. This yeah. dude put up numbers at Ole Miss. It was crazy. Like, you look at that, I, I'm back in on him at wide receiver 38 price. Is he... Who's ranked higher, him or Jonathan Mingo? Mingo's I think 43. He he's. I'd rather uh, have Elijah Moore than Jonathan Mingo. Oh, so on keep trade cut, Same. Mingo's higher than Elijah Moore. No, sorry. On keep trade cut, Elijah Moore is higher than Mingo, but on bulletproof, Mingo is higher than Elijah Moore. And I would much rather have Elijah Moore by a mile. <laughs> like, yeah, it is Elijah. not close. He's actually he's one of my favorite buys this offseason. I've been trying to buy him more. Try <clears throat> that trade right now. Hmm? Should I try and trade uh, Mingo for Elijah Moore? Go you ahead. Can. Yeah. I prefer. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to. Um. All right, we want to move to the Steelers. Doesn't. Oh, Frank, you're still in on David Bell, I guess. Um. 
I don't know. Like to me, he's one of those dudes that if you put him on the taxi, he's not like terrible enough to cut him. Yeah. Like, he at least played yeah, a little bit. I'm cool Agreed. keeping him on your taxi. I'm just. I don't know. People. Now I understand it a little bit because roster spots are low, but some of these people need to understand that these second and third round pick receivers sometimes take a little bit to get some playing time and, and for them to improve enough and get acclimated with the NFL enough, right? The, I, the my, expectation is for the second and third my, round guys to come in and kill it. My crazy. issue for David Bell, though, is the, the Browns are kind of telegraphing it where they went and traded for Elijah Moore. They then went yep. and drafted Cedric Tillman in uh, what round was that? Third? Cedric Tillman, where yeah. was he drafted? They kind of told you how to do it. In the third. There's still Amari Cooper. There's still Najoku. Like, he's going to be... It's going to be tough for him to get any started. Yeah, but the thing I mean, is, I is like David you, Bell, but... If you believed in him enough to spend a, a high enough round pick on him, it can't just take one season and a couple of third-round picks yeah. for you to be like, nah, I can't... Because then I, I think that's a bit ridiculous. Like, if you have him on that taxi, he's not bad enough to cut him. Definitely not cut-worthy. No, I'd keep him on my taxi and just... Like, yeah, I'm not super optimistic either, but... That's the game that you get into with taking some of these guys, right? Because, like, I was talking with Parker. He's in the chat. At first, I was saying, like, oh, yeah, you may want to promote Rashi Rice because he could be useful. And then I was thinking, like, no, dude, you, you can't promote a guy like that because you are you pick a guy like that and you are making a two-, three-year investment. Oh, yeah. No, I would keep someone like Rashi Rice. And, and after that third year or if you can if you can sell them for higher or the same price is different story but if he's going down it's like okay what i i can't get anything for david bell i have to cut him like he was more likely to break out in year two than year one anyway i don't know this thing looks crazy but there's the nfl has weird ways of working out if david bell is actually good at football there's not really a crazy path that he has to go through not I mean, I've just never been as high on him, and then I'm a little here didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Listen, there's like a overwhelmingly likelihood that he's going to stink. I agree with that, but it's still in the range of outcomes that he could be a decent player. And then, lastly, the Steelers. I'm the only one who says George Pickens is overrated. Now, wide receiver 31 kind of looks like a lie because he's just. He's in that zone with all these other wide receivers. Um, yeah, that's like all one tier. Yeah. I'd just much rather have basically all those guys than George Pickens. I think George Pickens is, is solid. Um, it's just I still think Deontay Johnson's going to be the target hog. I'm not really a big believer in Kenny Pickett. Um, so I don't think it's going to be as exciting as someone like an Ayuk or a Hollywood Brown or um, – you know, Calvin Ridley, any of those guys. I think Pickens was overrated earlier in the offseason, and now he's crept back into being pretty fairly valued. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Before I was thinking he's a smash shell. Now I think he's probably just a, a hold if we're looking at Pickens. Because earlier in the offseason, he, I think he was definitely in that tier where you could get potentially more than that late first form right you could you were getting a first and a second or like a first and a third for a guy like pickens you know was, mm -hmm. and now he's apparently under that late first which once again you have to give that late first to still get him or at least have a chance 
but I, I think this is a fair value because of the overwhelming like overwhelmingly likelihood I can't say that fuck me um that he's just like a 900 yard type of guy that's what yeah. I'm scared mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. alright uh we're all underrated on Deontay Frank you still like Deontay's dude Deontay's such a dog man this guy is so good Deontay is one of my biggest buys of the offseason I'm very big on Deontay. Um, yeah, the rest of these guys, I just feel like are going to be Allen Robinson. I just think he's worth a roster spot. Like maybe he is cooked. Like maybe he is completely cooked, but like there is a chance he's not, and so I'm going to have him at the end of my roster rather. Yeah, either have him or like a random fourth. Allen Robinson. I think it's like there's a chance in the fourth. I don't think this is gonna work out here, buddy. I think I don't know. A, yeah. <laughs> I, look, I don't know. There's a chance he's not cooked. He's only 29. Probably gonna be 31. Dude, I just don't think he's gonna play enough. Like I think he'll play a little bit. But Sometimes like, receivers get cooked early, like Kenny Galladay. Cooked. Yeah, that one was a master failure. But um, it's also like. Outside of being because we, you know, you like to have as like your fourth, fifth kind of guy, like a nice blocker out there. But other than that, like, what dynamic element does he offer the offense right now? Right? Because I think a lot of his downfield ability, I'm as of right now, I'd rather throw the ball to Deontay or Pickens and by like a large margin. It's um, not close. Like Allen Robinson has kind of like lost that half a step that, and now it's just like I don't know. He's he's just fucking cooked. I don't know. For me, like we've seen this before. Even like before guys get super old, we've seen it with Galladay. We saw it with Alshon Jeffrey. Um, it is. It does kind of tend to be those like kind of bigger jump ball receivers. And well, dude, the thing is, is that when those guys lose that half a step, then. Now they're because a lot of these bigger, longer guys are able to get away with um just kind of like using their length to catch the ball away from a defender. And now they only need a half a step, right? If you're a small shifty dude, yeah, you need to cook a guy by a yard, a yard and a half, because if he's on you, then yeah, you're probably not catching it. So all right. Anything else you guys want to add, or is that that's no, it. we're good here. Sit on my All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you next Tuesday. Like, subscribe, follow us all on the Twitter. Peace out. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.